Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Welcome to Atlanta Baseball Talk, show number 483. Today is Thursday, September 17, 2020, and my name is Steve. No hammy tonight, but I'm joined by Curtis. And before we start, folks, please help out the show by telling your friends, sharing links, and writing reviews. All right, so tonight is another in our series of midweek shows we're doing where we talk with our favorite Braves writers and podcasters during our farewell tour here. And tonight we welcome David Lee of the Braves Prospects website. But first, a quick break. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. David, welcome to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are you all? Yeah, doing really good. Um, So, David, before we get into the Braves, I do want to talk about stuff going on, obviously, on the field and uh, in the minors. Um, But I want to talk to you about how you got to where you are now. Like, I discovered you on Twitter many years ago when you were writing for the Augusta Chronicle. But I know you've done a ton of stuff over the past decade. So where did it all, where did writing about baseball start for you? Right, yeah. So, Really, it it, um, it started around 13, 14 years old, uh, just kind of starting my own uh, fan blog for, about the Braves. And uh, looking back now, obviously, it was pretty rough at that age. But um, What was it called? Uh, Braves Buzz. All right. Yeah, it was uh, really just, uh, you know, kind of um, get some, some thoughts out on, you know, some opinions, uh, just a fan blog. And it kind of grew from there, um, as far as, you know, it, you know, my writing, um, I've I kind of picked up writing pretty, pretty easily at a young age. And, and I kind of always had a goal, uh, from that point to, to get into sports writing and, uh, baseball being my strength since I grew up watching the game and playing it. Um, that's really what I gravitated towards. So, uh, it, it grew from there and, um, you know, the, the goal ended up being, you know, I got a journalism degree and, uh, got into, uh, sports writing right out of college at the Augusta Chronicle. Um, it was a great opportunity for me there, where I was able to to cover the uh, the local minor league team, the Augusta Green Jackets, and um, and uh, was also given the opportunity to occasionally go up to Turner Field and cover some Braves games. Got some experience in the press box there and in the clubhouse, and uh, just all of that experience really um, was, was huge for me as far as growing my baseball knowledge. Um, you know, as far as the, the in and out of of everyday life in, in baseball and uh, and also scouting to uh, being at you know Green Jackets games on a nightly basis. Um, I kind of gravitated toward all the scouts behind home plate and and that's where the the scouting uh, side of it really took off for me. Um, being able to talk to scouts and and development guys and minor league coaches on a daily basis that 
that was, that was huge for my development as far as, um, you know, the scouting knowledge. So, yeah. So were you literally like going down and sitting with the scouts and picking their brains and seeing what they were doing and all that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's that, like I said, that, that was huge for my, my knowledge. There's really no way to, to, uh, to replace or, you know, to get that sort of knowledge anywhere else. You know, be talking to, you know, scouts who've been doing it for years and years and, and, uh, development guys and my early coaches. So, so, okay. So you're at the Augusta, um, Chronicle and you're writing about the green jackets. So is baseball prospectus next? Yes, that's right. It, it was actually during that, uh, that time, um, I was given the opportunity to do both and uh, baseball prospectus was, was something I did on the side where I was able to take advantage of all my time at minor league games and uh, covered uh, the South Atlantic League mostly, but was able to travel around, get some some international league and southern league games too, and just kind of um, like I said, continue to grow my my scouting knowledge. So covering um, you know prospects overall across baseball, um, where I was able to see and um, also kind of hone my writing there too. Did some feature stories about prospects along with uh, some scouting reports. So. So that was uh, did that for several years, and then I'm always I'll always be very grateful for for that opportunity that they gave me there. Yeah, was it good folks at Baseball Prospectus? Like anybody take you under their wing and sort of help you along in the in the you know writing about baseball professionally? It was really really a team effort there. Um, I, you know, I'll always be grateful to Craig Goldstein. Um, he's you know he he was big as far as uh, having my back throughout my time there and giving me every opportunity, um, to be successful there. And, and just all the guys really, uh, Jeffrey Jarrett, every, everybody there, um, just, just for, like I said, it was a team effort and it was, it was great uh, to be able to, to help them out. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, okay. So you're at the Augusta Chronicle and baseball prospectus and what happens from there? So, uh, as, it often happens with uh, people who are working at newspapers. Uh, they tend to start looking elsewhere after a while, right. um, you know, just with the, the future of the industry and everything. And uh, so I uh, ended up going outside of, of the industry and um, I'm, I'm now in marketing um, as my full time job. And uh, but that also I'm very, very fortunate to uh, still have the flexibility to be able to do what I do now. Um I felt that you know once I got into that uh, sort of line of work, I was able to to finally do what I've been wanting to do for a while, actually, and that was uh, get out on my own and, and start my own uh, Braves website uh, slash newsletter. So I took advantage of, of that flexibility and that opportunity, and that's where uh, BravesProspects.com came in. About uh, it's yeah, been so uh, for, for anybody that doesn't know about it, t- tell tell the folks that are listening about Braves Prospects when it started and what it is that, that you do there. Yeah. So it started at the beginning of this year, um, which looking back now, the timing of that is great. It's great. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just, uh, it's just always been a goal for me, like I said, to get out on my own and cover the Braves minor league system. Um, just, you know, based on, on my following uh, that I have from, uh, from, you know, covering Braves prospects over the years and, and uh, the knowledge that I have from from within the system, so um, it's a it's a newsletter. So it's three days a week going to inboxes uh, that you sign up for, but it also feeds to a Substack website. So I have uh, the uh, domain name of BravesProspects.com, where uh, each post it feeds to that website, 
And so you, you can um, subscribe there and it's both, you know, I have a free and subscription based model. Um, so it's, you know, in a normal year, I would be doing, you know, weekly scouting reports where I would go to be going to the games like normal and things like that. And um, so just, you know, getting, getting in toward this, this off season, I'll, I'll still be doing the, you know, countdown, um, you know, scouting reports each day uh, leading up to number one. And at the end of the year, I'll do an ebook where I wrap up all the prospects and uh, have all their scouting reports and into one tidy ebook. So just that's that sort of work. So, David, if this was a normal year, or let's hope, you know, next year is a normal year. Obviously, Gwinnett is close and Rome is close. Like, would you be going there mostly? Would you be going to Mississippi, down to Florida? Like, what what do you picture? How much in person are you doing? Yeah, I mean, that that's what I really pride myself on is, you know, putting in the effort to to get all of my reports based on, um, you know, seeing all these players with my own eyes. Um, you know, I will, you know, call up or, or get in-person um, views from, from scouts and development guys and stuff like that. But for the most part, I'm, I'm really, you know, relying on my own eyes. And um, that's where, you know, I would plan, I was planning on traveling to Gwinnett, uh, Mississippi, uh, Florida, really all of it. I was even planning to go to, to spring training uh, before it shut down uh, to go to the backfields. So, just all of that, really, uh, you know, any any opportunity that I had, I was planning to be on the on the road, either, you know, locally or as far as Mississippi and Florida to be able to do this. Right. Um, well, that's great, David. I mean, what it's really a cool story um, and how you've landed here. So so let's talk about the 2020 Braves and let's start with the, the major league club and Cole Hamels. So I'm sure you watched the game last night. Did you find any of what you saw from him last night hopeful for the playoff run? Yeah, I, you know, it's it's tough to say because, you know, it's it's basically you have to treat it as like his first spring training or just, you know, second or third spring training start where right. you just want him to get in his work. And, I mean, with a year off in between, no less. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, just getting in the work really is all that it's important right now and uh, ramping up his his pitch count getting toward the playoffs. Um, as far as his stuff goes, I think it was fine. Um, you know, he he kind of is what it is, what he is at this point. He's not obviously not going to blow you away with low to mid 90s stuff or anything like that. But I think there's still enough separation there. And, um, you know, once he gets more innings under his belt, more pitches, I think uh, the location uh, will come around, too. So, um yeah, you know, I think more than anything, his strength is just that he's been there. Um, you know, he's a veteran. He knows what it takes. Um, so just, you know, just, like I said, just get more innings under his belt. And I think um, the command will will get to where it needs to be by that time. Yeah. So you recently wrote um, at Braves Prospects about a potential change for the Braves and their player development philosophy. And we certainly saw hesitance this year, right, to promote guys like Pache and Tucker Davidson. So I want to talk about those two guys first anyway. Do you think those were fair assessments that like Pache's bat wasn't ready and Davidson wasn't polished enough? Well, it would certainly help if I could see them in person to be able to <laughs> uh, to say one way or the other. But um, sure. just based on you know the last time I saw them, uh, you know, getting a glimpse of them in spring and then, um, you know, in the summer camp and and all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do understand where they're coming from as far as, you know, wanting to, 
wanting to kind of hone their skills a little bit more um, and try to develop them a little bit more um, at the alternate site before they actually get that call. Um, I think people just kind of, you know, they're, they've gotten used to the, the previous uh, guys to where they might, you know, call them up um, just got kind of at the drop of a hat and, you know, kind of throw them into the fire and see if it works out at the major league level, which is, you know, something we've seen a little bit over the past few years, but so this this might be taking you know a little bit getting used to to see them stay down and uh, continue to work on their development. Um, that I do, like I said, I do see where they're coming from with those two. Uh, for Pache, um, it's definitely the bat. It was the reason that he's still down. Um, just wanted to see if he can, um, you know, get a little bit more uh, contact in the in the bat. Um, he's always going to be that guy where there's going to be swing and miss, but if he's able to get a little bit more feel for the barrel and, you know, make a little bit more contact, um, be a little bit more well-rounded player. You know, there's nothing wrong with, with trying to develop, um, that obviously. So, uh, as far as Davidson goes, yeah, I, I that's one where I, I certainly understand keeping them down. Um, cause you want them to develop that slider, uh, to get off the fastball curveball combination. Um, it's really similar to what, um, what they did with Max Freed as far as letting him develop that slider to, be a real weapon, um, another look to get them off the fastball curveball. So, um, yeah, just making a more well-rounded pitcher um, and also continuing to work on his uh, control and command, which uh, honestly is still something that needs to be kind of answered a little bit because um, there's been a little bit of inconsistency there over the past couple of years. So just working on all of that to make a more more well-rounded, well-rounded pitcher and uh, you know establish himself as a real uh, starter prospect, which I think he's doing. Is Davidson in your eyes like the next guy up, though, who, as you know, from the starting pitching prospects? I think going into next year, I think there's a real a real shot of that. Um, I think some of it will depend on um, his spring, uh, but you know they're seeing him on, on on you know a weekly basis down at the alternate side, so they know what they have and how, how far he's coming along right now. And if they feel confident in him right now. Um, that he's going to come in the next spring as possibly being that guy, then I don't see why not. Um, I think, like I said, a lot of that will depend on where the slider is and where the control and command is. Um, so if it's there, I, I, I don't see why he, he wouldn't be that next guy, really. I, th- I think that could really be the case. So again, based on, and I know it's months old, right, since you've seen these guys, but did it make sense that they brought up De La Cruz over Davidson. Not that they're pitching either, but I mean, like, what? Why do you think De La Cruz up before him? Uh, I think that's probably the realization of what um, De La Cruz is. Um, I think he's he's pretty clearly a reliever um, in the future. That's his long term role. Okay. And so they they feel that it's a little bit more reasonable to give him that you know that quick call as that fresh arm in case he's needed out of the bullpen. Um, which is where he'll probably be pretty soon anyway. Uh, whereas Davidson, you know, they, they want to, you know, just keep him down, keep him on a, on a schedule, have him work every five days and just continue to what to con- continue to work on what he needs to develop to be that starting pitching prospect. So let's talk about Patrick Weigel for a second, right? I want to throw out his, his major league debut. I think the whole thing was absurd when they brought him in and how long they left him in that whole thing. But do you think he has the arsenal to be a starter in the majors, or is he destined for relief work? 
I've I've been saying that I think he's a reliever in the future. Um, I think part of that is a, I think he can be a reliever who has a deep arsenal for a reliever, but I don't know that he can really command it well enough over multiple times through an order, uh, you know, to be able to handle a, a starter's workload every five days. Um, I mean, he certainly has two or three major league pitches, and I think he's he's definitely got the major league arm, and I think he's going to provide solid major league innings in the future. And um, honestly, he could probably be doing it on several other teams if he had that opportunity. But um, yeah, I, it, part of it is probably his his arm action, um, his command, and uh, just the fact that you know perhaps he doesn't really have the efficiency to get through a major league lineup, you know, multiple times every five days. So, but uh, as I said, I think he can be, you know, have a deep arsenal for a, a reliever and that, that might be, you know, something where he can go multiple innings each time he's out there and, and, you know, provide some, some valuable innings. So surely adjustments are coming and I think he has made some already. Uh, how good do you think Ian Anderson is like, you know, it's been dazzling more than not so far. Do you think this is what Ian Anderson is? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's there's regression <laughs> coming, but um, for the most part, yeah, this this really is. I, I honestly kind of undersold him a little bit coming in because I hadn't I hadn't seen the the change up that good. Um, I knew it was developing. I knew it become it had be, become his best secondary pitch. I didn't realize it had become his best pitch overall um right so you know and plus his his curveball once he gets a little bit more feel of the curve and um makes it that reliable third pitch that he has every time out um that that's where the um the mid rotation uh, projection comes in when he gets all all three pitches working on it on a you know every five days so yeah it, i think he um he definitely has that mid rotation potential and he's showing it right now. Um, so, you know, once he, uh, like I said, once he settles in and gets feel for all of his pitches every five days, I think he's, he's definitely gonna, gonna lock down that spot uh, long term. You know, and I see how confident and mature he's looked through these first, what is it? Four games. Um, and I want to believe, this isn't really a question, David, I'm just talking out loud, that I want to believe that the playoffs are not going to be too bright a light for him and he can keep doing this, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it, and I, I said that as um, as he was making his debut, is if you want any current Braves pitching prospect to make their debut against the Yankees, and um, you know, it would be Ian Anderson because of, his makeup, um, his poise on the mound, he's shown it every time out. Um, there's, there's definitely something special in, you know, he, in, in his mindset. He, he feels like he belongs. Um, there's a comfort on the mound that you don't find in, in young pitchers every time. So, yeah, I, I would have plenty of confidence in throwing him out there in the playoffs. Uh, being a young pitcher, you really never know. Um, you know, like his third time out where he only got through, what, like three innings or so. Right. You just, you never, you never truly know. Um, with these guys sometimes, but uh, you know, he's, he's proven that he has that confidence and that makeup to, uh, to give him the ball um, in, a, in a big spot like that. What do you think Kyle Wright's ceiling is David? And were you heartened by his last start, which to me was like his most impressive of, 
of the year? Oh man, I've I've spent more time worrying about Kyle Wright and writing about him than anybody else I've ever <laughs> written about. Uh, yeah, it, it was definitely the biggest development step that he's had, uh, perhaps as as a professional pitcher. Um, and that's because of the adjustments he's made and the fact that he actually went out and utilized them. Um, that that's a huge thing. Uh, moving to the first base side of the rubber is big for him because it creates that angle um, on the sinker. And there's some sort of adjustment was made there to where the two seamer is, is coming out of his hand very in a very good way. It's very explosive now. Uh, the sink is has a lot more bite to it. And it's riding in on on hands a lot more now instead of that slow dive uh, that hitters could pick up. So create that angle from the first base side with a with a more biting two seamer, and then tunnel it off the slider uh, when he does have the slider, as he did last time out. You know that was that was a plus pitch last time out. And then uh, you know he always has he's able to mix in the the change and curve. The change has really come along well uh, the past couple times out too. I think I, people aren't really talking about that enough. The fact that is his changeup is actually looking pretty good as a as a solid, um, you know, third or fourth pitch. So, um, you know, more than anything, he's just got to repeat his mechanics. You know, it's been the same thing for for a while now. He's got to be able to repeat. Um, he tends to lose his arm slot and his release point as as an outing goes on. It tends to drop on him. Um, it's a you know kind of a long arm action, and it's it's pretty fast. So he'll get out of sync at times, and that's that's where he loses his command. Um, as an outing will progress, but um, the fact that he was able to uh, to stay on top of the ball, repeat his mechanics last time out, and really utilize those adjustments is that was a huge step for him. And if he keeps it up, he might actually make me look uh, look decent for uh, sticking with him. Um, <laughs> uh, the fact that uh, you know I've had him as that you know high mid rotation type for a uh, for a while now, really ever since I saw him. Um, so just continue to utilize those adjustments, and, and I think he can still still reach that sort of role. Yeah. Um, all right, so just a couple other guys I want to uh, check in on. Do you think Drew Waters could be ready opening day next year? I would hesitate on that because I, I really think he needed a full season at AAA uh, this year. Yeah. Uh, the lost minor league season uh, probably hurt him more than most Braves prospects. Um he needed to to get a full uh, season of of advanced pitching under his belt and perform on the field um and a lot of that is just the bat he needs to just continue to adjust to to more advanced pitching and and gain a comfort of the plate against advanced sequencing and i think it'll come um i i would hesitate to throw him out there out of spring training uh just because i think he needs more development at the plate at triple a but it wouldn't surprise me just because there there is a lot of feel in the bat uh, for him, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a high. You know, he's, there's gonna be a lot of strikeouts there, but he's also gonna be able to toe that line and be a high contact guy. And the contact is consistently impact um, type contact. A lot of a lot of line drives and high exit velocity numbers. So just gain more comfort at the plate against advanced pitching, and and um, I think he can still reach that that role as a, as a solid, very solid everyday outfielder but i would i would think probably just to continue to be patient with him and, and perhaps get at least a half half season at triple a first and so has this strange season um you know sort of had that same impact 
on Contreras, right? I I can imagine there's a scenario where they let Fla- they don't try to re-sign Flowers and they go with the tandem of Darno and Contreras. But do you think he's ready? I would. I, I think there's a possibility of that. Um, I would probably still like to see him get a, a full season of, of really you know good performance uh, in Double A AA or Triple A before you know handing him that sort of role. Uh, he did. He made tremendous adjustments. I wrote wrote several times and was just gushing all over him um, in in the summer camp uh, when he came back. Just a, a different swing, a big big new adjustments made for him, and he was really utilizing them. Um, he already had a great feel for the bat, um, you know, and there and there's a lot more power in there than a lot of people realize. So it, it's a tight. It's, it could be an impact bat and real impact all around type catcher. Um, once he gets that comfort against advanced pitching and um, but I kind of like waters where I would kind of like to see at least a half season, um, you know, against advanced pitching, you know, and have him really perform well in the upper levels before, before handing him a, a major league role right away. So um, I, I would kind of hesitate to just, you know, hand him that sort of role, you know, going into next year. Sure. So um, David, let's end with this. Who's one or two of your guys, you know, in the top 30 prospects that maybe don't get a ton of ink, people don't talk about a lot, but you think we may see something from sooner than later? Um, well, one name I keep going back to, you know, I guess he is starting to get more ink now, but, um, you know, when I first saw Bryce Ball in, in, in A-Ball, you know, with his batting practice sessions, you know, he's got the best raw power in the system already right out of the draft along with the Alex Jackson as plus plus raw power. Right. And that was right out of the draft. And that's, you know, for where he was drafted, that's, that's, that's pretty crazy. That's great scouting. Um, but also just the fact that, you know, he shows already um, a pretty good feel to be able to hit uh, considering his profile. Um, it's a tough profile to have to carry being a first base only. And the glove does need to come along too. So he actually may end up being a DH, but, um, you know, that, that power is definitely going to play and I think he's, he's going to hit enough to, to be able to tap into it. So, um, also, I mean, I, I would say Michael Harris is another one. Um, he's probably one you'll start seeing a lot more of. You probably would have seen a lot more of him if there was a minor league season this year, he probably would have performed really well at Rome this year, uh, in his first full pro season. But there's, there's, uh, at least, I would say at least three or four tools, um, he's showing a, a solid field to hit. It's got a loose, quick stroke. Um, and he's going to tap into some good power, um, as he grows. And so, um, also he's not a burner on the base pass, but he's got good speed and he's going to be a, a very, very solid defender in a corner, uh, if not in center field with a, uh, with a plus arm, he's got a cannon arm and he used to, I mean, he used to be a pitcher in high school. So, yeah, he, he's definitely one you're probably going to see move up uh, prospect list pretty pretty quick once he starts performing on the field. Um, so, really, those are those are two good ones. Um, I would say even with the draft this past year, you know, Jared Schuster got you know a lot of the attention being their first pick, and he's he's probably a safe starter, back end type starter, maybe a four or so. But um, you know, don't don't forget about Bryce Elder, um, the fact that. They, uh, you know, they went over slot to get him. They really liked him. I thought that was a that was good to be able to to reach for him and get him uh, where they did. I think he's 
he's probably a safer bet as a starter than a lot of people realize. He's got um, a very, very good slider. He tunnels his fastball off it well. And as long as the curve or change comes along, um, you know, he's got a good field to pitch. So I think the the third or fourth pitch will come along too. So um, don't, you know, don't forget about him uh, being a, a starting pitching prospect pretty soon too. So David, actually, let me end here, right? I know there's been graduations. Um, you know, I've seen the Braves farm system ranked as low as 15. I think I've seen like seven or eight, a couple places too. Um, how fair do you think that is? Where, where do you put them? Are they definitely out of top five now? That's, that's probably a, a, yeah, I would say that's probably a, a fair assessment is to have them outside of the top five. I, I don't know if I would go as far as 15, um, just because of the high end talent is still very high end. Um, and plus you, you have some very solid position player prospects that perhaps, you know, the national guys might not have a full grasp of yet. Yeah. Um, you know, perhaps they might have a little bit more of a grasp if there was a minor league season this year, kind of like what I just said with Michael Harris. Uh, but with him, uh, ball, uh, Vaughn Grissom, you know, these type guys. And then you have, you know, at the top with Pache and, and Drew Waters, and, uh, you know, even Shay Langleyers, William Contreras. I mean, it's a, it's a very, very solid and deep uh, mix of position player prospects from from top to bottom of the farm system. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know, you know, <laughs> if it's I, I kind of feel like um, you're not being quite fair by saying 15. Um, so I would say somewhere between five and 15. Gotcha. All right. Well, folks, that is the show. David, thank you so much. It was really great to talk to you. Um, folks, go to bravesprospects.com and subscribe. Um, follow David on Twitter at David11Lee. Um, and remember, you can always find us at Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as AtlantaBaseballTalk.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk and to like us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening and go Braves! With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.